0: welcome to episode 84 84 of our run club the podcast so today we have a very special guest um a co-worker and from what i gather a fantastic coach and athlete i've raced against brian in the past wow and uh kids a stud <laughs> um we've had, yeah we've had a few battles um but Uh, Brian Fuller is here, brought him on just so he could uh, talk a little bit about coaching and running in general. Um, Brian's a coach at Bryant University, um, which used to be Bryant College when I was an athlete, Um, but they are now a D1 school Um, and so he's got the task of building a competitive cross-country team and you do indoor track and outdoor as well Um, so uh, we want to get into like the team building stuff and then also coaching philosophy and then we can touch a little bit about your own running too Um, so just to get us rolling um, when did you kind of start with this running thing? Maybe give us like a origin story <laughs> yeah,
1: of backstory. your running career. Yeah, so um, I started running uh, my freshman year of high school in outdoor track Um my dad just kinda like wanted me to get involved with the sport, so I actually tried playing football in the fall. Uh wasn't incredibly successful. <laughs> um and uh we had a pretty strong track program uh at my high school uh, in Ludwig, Massachusetts. And uh I wasn't very good my freshman year. I think I maybe broke six minutes for a mile it was like a good season for mm-hmm. me. Um and from there, I just kind of progressively got more invested in it. Um, we had a really awesome coach who was just a total like student of the sport, kind of taught us a lot about training and mm-hmm. um, just built a, a really strong program. Like by the time I was a, a senior, you know, we um, we won like the Western Mass meet in cross country. We were fourth in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we had four guys that pretty much were, you know, under 430 in the mile, which is pretty good in terms of like depth for, for a high school team. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, my coach, you know, went to Springfield College, studied exercise science and really kind of inspired me. And I knew I wanted to work with endurance athletes um, in some capacity, whether it be a college coach or, mm-hmm. you know, otherwise. So, uh, kind of followed in that path, Springfield College, um, studied exercise science, ran there Um, Did pretty well for myself. Um, You know, I finished up, uh, I went to NCAAs once in cross country, finished 50th, um, went to outdoor track NCAAs twice in the steeple, uh, finished ninth and third. Um, So pretty successful, you know, career for me. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think I probably left a little bit on the table, just had been sidelined with a lot of injuries. Um, You know, training wise, I was so... Um just wanted to run a lot uh, of <laughs> yeah. volume, a lot of miles. Yeah. And I think I kind of did that too quickly at the expense of some other kind of key components. Yeah. Um but after college, I actually kind of stepped away from running uh and started racing road bikes, uh, road cycling, and uh did that for like three years, was working in some bike shops, was doing some uh kind of personal coaching on the side mm-hmm. um for cyclists and runners. And uh, then I had the opportunity to to coach at uh, American National College in Springfield, which oh, yeah. is a Division II program. Yeah. Um, and then uh, kind of did that for a few years. Kind of refound my original, uh, you know, love for for coaching. Right. Um, and then I had the opportunity to, you know, come out to Bryant in Rhode Island. And my my wife's from this area, so it, it kind of just Perfect. worked out. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been great at Bryant. Um, this is my third year now um there and uh it's it's incredible kind of how far the program has come Mm -hmm. um you know i think we've been division one for 12 years now um and the head coach there has just worked super hard to kind of instill a a strong culture and um we've definitely kind of invested more in the character of the people we build in the program you know we're definitely looking for talent but um you know i can kind of attest to it personally um, you know, I just kind of outworked a lot of people that were much talent much more talented than me right um and and that 's where we 've seen the success at Bryant you know bringing in kids that were kind of overlooked in high school but had the right attitude you know are coachable, want to work hard, and mm-hmm. we 've developed them to the point where they 're breaking school records, scoring at the conference meet and right right so I think that 's a more sustainable uh you know, culture in the, in the long term. Right, and trying yeah, to snag
0: great. the, uh, like, LeBron James of cross country. Yeah. Right, yeah, right, yeah right. Makes, makes
2: sense. There's a lot of, well, I mean, you might say late bloomers or people who just need a push in the right direction. And so, yeah, yeah. kind of like that attitude. is cool.
0: And did you find, like, that coach in high school was kind of the, like, the pivot point where you were like, I think I want to do this coaching thing? Um, or was it something that came later on?
1: No, I think that was that was definitely the, the turning point. Um, before I got into running, I was huge into skateboarding. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought I wanted to be a, a photographer, uh, yeah. a skateboarding photographer, and uh, you know, I progressively started skateboarding less and running more. <laughs> yeah, um, and I kept getting hurt skateboarding, so it was kind of preventing me from running. <laughs> right, uh, right. So you know, kind of the the scales, you know, you know, turned there. Um, but also, I think that's the great thing uh, about running is, you know, it's you can track the progress and see the improvement. Right, um, right. So, kind of, like, the better you got, the more you wanted to invest in it. And mm-hmm. so, it was kind of, the, um, you know, just get that momentum going. Right. It's like that snowball effect. Yeah.
0: Um, when you uh, started on your kind of running journey... Um, you mentioned that you'd started doing a little bit, like that snowball effect got you into some trouble, you know, Mm -hmm. where you were trying to do a little bit too much too soon. Um, How do you, how do you like reel in your athletes to make sure they don't kind of fall into that same trap?
1: Yeah. Um, I think it's trying to be an educator a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I, I spend a lot of time, Uh, talking to my team like about the training and the whys and giving a reason to it Mm -hmm. so I think oftentimes we get better buy-in when people just understand what they're doing and why they're doing it they'll you know execute much better knowing you know the the purpose behind it so um you know I just try to kind of lay out the big picture um and kind of like the long-term plan or over their career you know I want people running their best as a as a senior um Mm -hmm. And, you know, if we're having that long-term approach, you know, every season you're going to run personal best along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, ultimately, if we kind of put the cart before the, her- the horse, you know, mm-hmm. your first year, it may like limit you later on down the road. Right, right. So we try not to get too greedy and just... Uh, <laughs> just like gradually everything. Yeah. Kind of
0: <laughs> well. yeah I-, I noticed that when I was in college, the junior year was kind of the, the jump year Mm -hmm. um and Mm so i think taking that long-term approach it like not only allows you to take advantage of their junior and senior year and make them successful but i think by taking that over like that really kind of top level view you're creating runners who will continue to run as well even after college yeah because they're not like super burnt out and discouraged from it
2: Exactly.
1: Or just injury-prone because they're overdoing it. Right. No. Yeah. Right. Because um, yeah, even, like, along with that, you know, just the the event that we focus on, um, you know, ultimately speed usually becomes, like, a limiting factor uh, in a lot of events. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when they come in as freshmen, we try to focus on the shortest event that they can be successful in. Mm-hmm. And once they've kind of maximized their potential at that event, we'll we'll kind of move up to the next event. Oh, all right. Um, and so, like, that's... You know, or really, some people come in and they, you know, they want they want to be a five k guy or they want to be a ten k guy as a freshman. Yeah, and it's like okay, well, like let's make sure we have the foundation and the tools so that you can eventually be competitive at a high level in those events. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Get them to crush them eight hundred, fifteen hundred times, and then move them along. Um, <laughs> do you use like any certain like data to analyze? Um, your athlete's performance to maybe see like okay you know jimmy is doing great now but maybe uh an injury will creep up if we keep kind of going in the same direction
1: yeah um i'd say i wish i could utilize more data with my athletes it's tough with a with a large team and mm-hmm you know, not everyone has a GPS watch, not everyone has a heart rate right. monitor or all those type of things. Um, but you know, I, I try to, you know, track obviously times and paces and, and distances. Um, you know, keep a pretty extensive like Excel sheet with every workout we do and, and mm-hmm. the splits from it. Yeah. Um, and just try to like, look at, you know, the trends over time. Um, the most important thing I think is like the effort and the perceived exertion. So mm-hmm. kind of trying to teach people, um, how they should be feeling, you know, at different intensities, and listening to their feedback of how they're feeling at different paces, mm-hmm. um, and also looking at, you know, what kind of equivalent performances are they running? Like, you know, uh, can they run, you know, equivalently fast in the 5K as they can in the mile? You know, if their mile is much better compared to their their 5K, mm-hmm. you know, I may know there there's an aerobic weakness there, and we need to kind of work more on that aspect. Of, of things, gotcha. um, you know, we we try to evaluate people's strengths and weaknesses so we can kind of adjust the training accordingly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it takes a much longer time to kind of build a weakness than it does to kind of maintain a strength. Yeah. So those weaknesses are things we try to work on early in the training cycle, mm-hmm. and as we get closer to the big, you know, races, that's when we kind of just kind of touch on those strengths because they're already there. You know, they don't have to be. Uh, <laughs> right you know quite spend as much time working on but people tend to like doing what they're good at so that's always (laughs) always tough
0: (laughs) yeah that's gonna be tricky to convince like the the kid who wants to just crush 400s to go run like a eight mile run or something to build their strength up i can imagine Mm -hmm. i just remember when i was in school and having to um to kind of go the opposite way i always wanted to run miles and things and then the coach would make us get on the track and do some speed and it just wasn't my cup of tea so Mm -hmm. i can imagine having those conversations can be tricky for sure yeah um trying to convince some of those athletes to switch it
2: up is tough i would imagine
0: yeah that's for sure now do you use i know you use like um data for your own training because we've talked about it Mm -hmm. here at the shop um how do you how because you can dive a little bit deeper into your own stuff because um you know you've got the gps watch and all that info how do you use it in your own training that data
1: yeah um you know definitely looking at at trends over time um Mm -hmm. You know, I, you know, wear a heart rate monitor for, for all my runs. Um, you know, now a big, th- what's becoming a big thing and running it is, is power. Um, mm-hmm. you know, stride is a company that makes a foot pod that, that measures power. That's what I run with. Mm-hmm. Um, but Garmin and Polar have kind of come out with their own, uh, measures of it using their watches. Yeah. Um, I think power is something that has been used in the cycling world for a long time and is, is, uh, incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. Um you know, power is essentially kind of, uh, you know, the amount of uh, energy or work required to, you know, propel your body forward running. Right, right. So, um, you know, with pace, you know, if you're running a six minute mile, um, you know, it depends on, you know, how hard that six minute mile is depends on, you know, are you running uphill, are you running downhill, are you running into a wind, uh, you know, are you mm-hmm. running with a tailwind, that kind of thing. So, um, you know, if I know, you know, my, my power that I could hold for a 5K is, is 400 watts. Um, I can pretty much execute a successful workout, you know, anywhere in any conditions because I know, like, no matter what the pace says, I just need to hold that, that 400 watts for my, my intervals or, or whatnot.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but, uh, you know, a more common measure that people use is heart rate. People have been using that forever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's something you got to take with a grain of salt because it's pretty variable yeah Um, yeah you know it it Mm -hmm. varies a lot with you know how how tired you are stressed or you know did you have you know coffee are you hydrated (laughs) right um but kind of like looking at those trends like over time you know generally you should you know your your heart rate should kind of drop at the same pace over time as you become more fit Mm -hmm. um, and that sort of thing cool
0: so the power thing is kind of it just it's just like uh it's one of those metrics that won't, it's not as variable as, like, a heart rate or, or pace or any of that stuff. Yeah. So it makes sense to kind of use it as your, like, baseline and then kind of build off of that.
1: Yeah, and it's, you know, there, there's um, many different kind of submetrics within power that you can, can analyze. <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, even, you know, if you're on a, on a track, um, something that you consistently and reliably measure pace and power. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, 400 watts is, is five minute pace. Yeah. Um, and in you know, two or three weeks you come back and 400 watts is 450 455 pace. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, you've become more efficient. You know, you've mm-hmm. become better at translating you know, how much power output you're, yeah. you're giving to, like translating it into speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, things that improve that efficiency are like, you know, short hills and, and speed. Uh, you know getting your 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 muscles and your mechanics more comfortable at those at those faster speeds cool so this is a question
0: that's not on my little list but it just popped into my head um so power is something that you've taken from kind of your cycling experience right and kind of moved it into running are there other things that You can maybe take from the cycling world and translate into, like, your coaching, um, either philosophy or coaching, like, tactics. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because I know I used to get yelled at if I went out, like, if we had, like, a meet or whatever and I was supposed to tuck into the pack and mm-hmm. let other people kind of do the work for me and maybe i didn't do that and my coach would yell at me mm-hmm. and i think of like the cyclers who are drafting and then yeah. kind of out kicking people at the end are there any other tactics or like philosophies that your cycling experience is kind of translated into the running coaching world
1: yeah that's that's a great question um i think when i was uh you know a college runner I had a very like skewed perspective of like racing and performance. Uh, I thought it was you know all about fitness and just you know how how fast can you run? Like what's your what's your PR? Mm-hmm. You know I you know, oftentimes look at like the seed sheet, and if I was seeded third, I would be like okay, like I'm supposed to get third. Like the guys <laughs> right. ahead of me are better shape. Like they should beat me. They should be faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know every race to me was a, was a time trial just go out and i'm going to try to run as fast as i can you know mm-hmm. as evenly split as as possible yeah um and and bike racing you know the fittest person doesn't always win you know it's mm-hmm. way more about about tactics um right. and, and you know ultimately that's what competition is about is the, is the racing you know mm-hmm. otherwise you know we would just you know time trial and then compile the times and <laughs> right. just go off prs so um you know taking that now in my coaching and and you know competing, uh, you know it's it's about like who can execute a race plan, um, you know, the best on on the day. Mm-hmm. You know, you know we see it all the time at you know, professional levels. There's there's upsets. Um, you know, the, the most fit athletes make mistakes, and you know if we can run smarter and, and capitalize on those mistakes, you know that's how we can be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, So I think that's the biggest thing I take from from cycling is um, just, you know, more focused on the competition aspect. You know, we want to try to be as fit as we can, um, but then, you know, translate that into into race performance and being able to execute like a plan. Yeah, Yeah. makes sense. I'm going to go off the script here too. How did the
2: cycling pull you in?
1: Yeah. How did it start? Um, I mean, I think like a lot of runners who have struggled with with injuries and just been frustrated. Um, mm-hmm. Cycling was uh, an easy transition. Um, yeah. and there was very few overuse injuries in, in cycling, so mm-hmm. you could kind of get on the bike and pedal to your heart's desire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, yeah. just you know, a ton of a ton of volume. Um, but uh, I had been, you know, working at a running store through college. Um, and then towards the end of college, I was kind of working part time in a running store and a cycling shop. Um, and then after college, I kind of started working in the bike shop more. Um, and so I just kind of fell into it. I was exposed to you know uh, the opportunities to you know ride with a club team and, and race, and um, had access to riding a lot of you know really great bikes, uh, demo bikes, and that sort of thing. And uh, I had a lot of success with it. I, I found that I was actually a better cyclist than I was uh, a runner. Um, and so, yeah, it, it. I my first year after college, uh, I trained that summer for the Chicago Marathon, and I at that time I was probably in the best shape of my life. Um, you know, I think I probably could have run somewhere between two twenty four and two twenty eight. Um, but you know, eight miles into the race, I like pulled my hamstring, and it was like the fifth time I had pulled that hamstring oh, and I was just like, I'm never running again. <laughs> <laughs> like it, I done. finished that race. I'm like, I'm done. That's it. And then, yeah. um, just went kind of full bore into cycling after that. Yeah. Um,
0: that's, close. yeah, that's yeah. what
1: happens. Yeah. yeah. Was it mostly road, uh, cycling or do you, I do did a little bike? bit of cyclocross. Okay, um, cool. I did, did a little bit of cyclocross racing. Uh, I did ride the mountain bike. I never, I never raced. Um, but by far I was better uh, on the road bike. Um, you know the the technical aspect that's required in cyclocross um was kind of more of my my weakness i was just good at pedaling hard <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah just remove remove all the obstacles yeah. yeah um yeah you must crush like soul cycle or mm-hmm. whatever yeah I, I remember I went to like the cycle bar thing and we did like an event there and I oh, I'm so bad <laughs>
2: I remember hearing about it the was game embarrassing
0: <laughs> Brian it was embarrassing it was old ladies way above me on the leaderboard but um, anyway back to coaching you um, has so what's your like overall philosophy you a high-mileage guy? Are you a quality guy? Mm-hmm. Are you, like, a mixture guy? What do you got?
1: Yeah. Um, it's definitely changed a lot since I was an athlete. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when I was in high school and college, um, you know, I read a, a ton of Arthur Lydiard, who's kind of the the father of modern distance running. But if anyone who's familiar with him knows, you know, all of his athletes, he basically just got them up to 100 miles a week. Um, mm-hmm. But if you dig a little bit deeper, um, the part that everyone misses is he actually did have a lot of short fast uh, kind of training interspersed in that but everyone only sees the 100 mile weeks. (laughs) Um, And so I was in that same camp, I just saw you know this high mileage and you know my philosophy was you know I don't need to get any faster, I just need to be able to hold my max speed for longer so I just got endurance, 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 just get stronger. Um, which, you know, I think is the, the easiest way to get fit. I think you take anyone and you have them run a high amount of mileage for them and they're, and they're going to get better. Um, now like you can, you can be much more efficient with your time, um, by not doing that and focusing more on the quality, you know, ultimately, you know, if you want to run faster in the 5k, Um, the thing that's going to get you faster the best is, you know, workouts and running at that 5K intensity. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, that being said, you know, there are there are paces and workouts that support those kind of specific 5K workouts to make those 5K workouts, you know, more productive Mm -hmm. or or, or more efficient. Um, You know, you may be able to do five by a K um, with a short rest, you know, for your specific 5k workout. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, you need to also be doing workouts, you know, at 10k paces that are a little bit longer with a, with a shorter rest, um, Mm -hmm. to kind of have the endurance to do those 5k workouts. And you also need to be doing workouts at 3k pace or mile pace. So you have the mechanical efficiency to be able to handle that 5k type speed. Mm -hmm. Um, so every kind of level kind of builds on itself. Um, cause eventually, you know, you want to be able to do, you know, six by a K at 5K pace and then seven by a K at 5K pace. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the steps and the periodization that, that lead to that, um, you know, specific phase of training to make that phase as productive as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, the training has to kind of move from gradual to sp- specific, mm-hmm. um, you know, mileage is just one variable that you can manipulate, um, you know, in in the toolbox of variables. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I see oftentimes a lot of people come in as freshmen, and, and this was kind of me, like, let's just get up to as high a volume as we can handle um, right away. Right. Um, And that's great. You'll probably see results with that as as a freshman and a sophomore. But by the time you get to a senior, it's like, where do you go from there? How do you? What's the next step for progression? <laughs> right. You know, you just can't keep you're running run 150 more fifty miles a year. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I always tell people, you know, we we want to maximize uh, what we're doing at any given volume before we add more, just for the sake of adding more. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with that said, over the course of a career, you know, four years of college, yeah, you're you're probably going to progress each year a little bit more volume. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably somewhere from five to ten miles a week per year Um, but uh, I think you know mileage is tough because it's easily uh, measured so it's often what we focus on the most because you can just say like oh I'm running you know 70 miles a week you know but but yeah it's just one tool in the toolbox Mm. and you know we want to focus on are we Are we trying to get good at at running a lot or are we trying to get good at running fast for the event we're focusing on? Right, right. So whatever we do in training in terms of mileage should support the ultimate goal and the steps that lead up to that ultimate goal.
0: What are some of those other tools in the toolbox that we can play around with?
1: Yeah, um, I mean at the at the workout level, you know, obviously you have, um, you know, the, the pace of the workouts, the speed. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the the length of the the interval. You know, are we doing four hundreds? Are we doing eight hundreds? Yeah. You know, what's the recovery? Uh, is it a minute between four hundreds or is it two minutes? Uh, and then it's the overall volume. You know, how many four hundreds are we doing? Are we doing ten? Are we doing sixteen? <laughs> right. uh, so um and and those kind of variables um can be manipulated in ways to completely change the purpose of the workout or the stress of the workout yeah um you know when i was at aic had an athlete that just like hated running anything over 400 just just hated it in workouts you know just wanted to run 400 repeats all day long <laughs> yeah um and he was like a 3k guy mm-hmm. and i was like you know we need to be doing you know 800s and k's like at, at your goal pace um you know we can't just rip 400s. Um, so, you know, in kind of working with, you know, the psychology of that athlete and trying to blend it with, you know, what we needed to get out of him, you know, physiologically, it's like, okay, we're going to do 400s. but um, We're going to take, you know, a 30 second rest in between them. <laughs> right. um, and so in his mind, he was doing, you know, quote unquote speed. He was doing 400s. Um, but how we manipulated the rest, we were stressing those energy systems that we needed to stress aerobically <laughs> for his event in three days. Um, and so, you know, kind of, uh, kind of big picture, you know, what type types of workouts are we doing? What tools are we using? Um, you know, we, we try to focus on the different energy systems, whether it be kind of, um, you know, our, our lactate threshold, um, mm-hmm. you know, our aerobic capacity or, or VO2 max, um and also kind of like our our anaerobic power um which is kind of like the really short intense efforts yep. and then and then our neuromuscular speed or just like raw sprint speed you know how fast can you go for 6 to 8 seconds mm-hmm. um you know we need to work on all of those things for any event mm-hmm. it's just what's the emphasis of those things f- for that event mm-hmm. um so i think people like leave a lot on the table um, in training I know I did you know I just wanted to run miles and, and crush tempo runs Yeah. Um, at the expense of doing like that short speed and so you know I, I lost a lot of uh, efficiency mm-hmm. um, you know it's like when you're driving an old car on the highway and uh, you get up to 80 miles an hour and the car starts shaking you know <laughs> yeah. it's it's so uncomfortable at 80 miles an hour mm-hmm. whereas you could be driving in you know a newer car and it's like just quiet smooth sailing at 80 it's like you know that's the analogy for if we can improve your raw sprint speed you know then when you're trying to run five minute miles for for a 5k it's just physically going to feel so comfortable you know we can work on the engine piece the aerobic part but like if you don't have that just raw mechanics to be able to hold that speed like we're not going to go anywhere so
2: yeah
1: um you know i i tell my athletes all the time like the the physiology doesn't change. Like you know, the human body works the same. We have the same tools to work on those aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, but the art of coaching is really the you know the combination of those tools and like at what times and and for what athlete. Yeah, um, that's a huge learning experience with coaching. Is you know I can write the the best training plan in the world. Right. Um, but if I have an athlete who just mentally can't execute it or mentally isn't bought in, doesn't believe in what we're doing, then it doesn't matter. It's not going to, it's not going to work. Right. So trying to mix those things of, um, what physiologically makes sense and it's going to get the adaptations, mm-hmm. but what can the athlete actually e- execute?
0: Right. Um, right.
1: So it's a balancing act.
0: can imagine.
1: And then dealing
2: with cutting and change the subject, but you're dealing with young people, college students, um, do you struggle or how do you go about getting them to think about other things like proper sleep patterns, nutrition? Um, do they fully understand that? Or how do you get them to understand that those yeah. things play into it and they're
1: important? God, it's so hard. Yeah, I can imagine, <laughs> um, And it's, it's even harder like now where I, I think most, you know, young people have so much more pressure and expectations on them than any other generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think most people look at training as happening like in a vacuum. Like, uh, okay. Like I did my workout, it's done. I'm going to get the adaptations for it. Like whatever I do outside that workout doesn't matter because I got, I got it in. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's not the case. You know, um, when you're resting and recovering is actually when you're getting better and improving the, the workout makes you worse. That's what like breaks your body down. Um, so how well you recover from it is Mm going to, is going to, is going to, um, Determine how much you're going to improve. Right. So, you know, I build a lot of rest into my program. Um, I try to, again, communicate and educate, you know, why and how important it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have people come into practice and they're like, you know, I was up till 2 a.m. studying. You know, I got mm-hmm. five hours of sleep. I'm like, okay, go back to your, I'm taking a nap. Like, we're not going to get anything out of you today. Like, <laughs> right, it's right. not going to be productive. It's just going right. to, you know, put you in the hole. Right. Um, and, you know, the same thing with fueling. Have people come to practice, and they're like, "Oh, the last thing I ate was at at ten o'clock, you know." And practice is at two. Yeah. It's like, okay, well, you know, you're not fueled. We're, we're not going to get anything out of you today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So just trying to like instill the, you know, running is is a lifestyle, and if you're going to be an athlete, um, you do kind of have to structure your life and your habits around um, being a performance athlete. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to, to treat your body well if you're going to demand a lot of it and out of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had
2: had a high school coach and he was great, my running coach, and, and he talked about that. Like, you know, as an athlete, it becomes a lifestyle. Everything you do plays into this. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's like, you can be an athlete or you can be a jock. A jock <laughs> goes in, puts their, their day in, and that's it. They're done. And they don't think about things like sleep and um, proper nutrition. So, yeah. It is an athlete, you know. Athlete is a
1: lifestyle, something. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's a it's a balance too, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not the kind of coach who's like you can't eat any dessert, you know. You, you can't X Y Z. Um, anything in moderation is good. Um, mm-hmm. If you if you live a, a Spartan lifestyle and everything is super regimented, you know, eventually you're gonna you're gonna crack, and <laughs> then, any, you know you're gonna fall down. off the cliff. I know. Right, right. Um, and and I experienced that myself in college too. Um, you know, I was just so kind of like uptight and super focused that um, I'd be super regimented for a while and then, like, as soon as something went wrong, it was like I was eating, you know, two bowls of ice cream every (laughs) night. (laughs) It's just, like, eating your feelings. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, So I can imagine, like, if I was an athlete and I showed up to practice and I was like, coach, I didn't get good sleep, and then my coach told me to go back to my room and take a nap, I'd be, like, Oh crap! <laughs> I gotta actually do these things. Right. Like so that's a that works for some athletes where you can you can um, kind of motivate them that way. Mm-hmm. like okay, like, dude, you gotta do what I'm saying, or you can't do your workout. What are some other ways, and I think this might have to be our last question. So what are some other ways that you kind of motivate your athletes? to get the best out of them um and then you can kind of talk about how that has shifted now that there's like a pandemic happening mm. and practices in every day and yeah you have, have kind of different um ways of communicating now and like all that fun stuff so how do you keep them motivated
1: yeah um kind of from like a like a team perspective you know, our ultimate goal is, is to be as competitive as possible at the conference level It's kind of like our focus, you know, scoring points at championships. Yeah. And, you know, we've kind of, you know, outlined a, like a path for our team of getting there where, you know, you first have to be able to, you know, improve or PR, you know, then the goal should be trying to, you know, get on like our top 10, you know, list of performances in the program. You know, from there, it's, you know, qualifying for these championship meets and being able to travel, um, you know, to conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, from there it's, you know, getting, you know, top eight, which would be scoring at conference. And so there's like all these like checkpoints or steps along wow. the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone of different ability levels are in different places on that on that scale.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so like our, our ultimate message is like, you know, everyone should be working as hard as they can just to progress and, and improve. Right. Um, you know the the races are kind of uh, you know ways of kind of realizing that improvement. You know they're, they're markers for that improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, what's been tough in the last year with the pandemic is now we don't have those those races or those those markers. You know, so yeah. like what's the what's the outcome like goal? You know, because right. we have very motivated, very driven athletes, but they're you know outcome oriented. Right. Um. And so kind of being able to take a step back and like, you know, why, like, why do we compete in the sport? Like, why are we doing this? You know, what's, what's your reasoning behind it? And I think if you dig deep enough, you know, it's just, it's that improvement and that progress, um, you know, people like seeing, um, themselves move closer to a goal or, you know, being able to do something that they weren't capable of doing before, you know, like, uh you know you might be able to run you know your tempo pace at 6 minute miles and you know in a couple months it's down to 540 or 530 you know you can now comfortably run you know way faster than you were able to before yeah um and so i i i think you know not having the the races uh still doesn't change that that drive for wanting to kind of push your your limits um mm-hmm. and and we've tried to set up like a series of of time trials um And actually, it's pretty cool. Within our conference, the coaches got together, and we're going to run a virtual championships where each team will run a 5K on the track, Mm -hmm. and then we're going to kind of compile those times uh, Mm -hmm. and score it as a meet. So that's that's been great, keeping people motivated, Um, but also just trying to have that long-term view of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, athletes who are training for the Olympics, um, you know, it's a four-year plan. Right. Um, But they're training hard every one of those four years, year round. Right. And so, you know, competitions are gonna eventually come back, you know, whether it be in the, the mm-hmm. spring or, or next year. Um, but if we wanna be competitive when they do come back, like there's things we gotta be doing right now. You can't sure. be any less motivated, you can't be working any any yeah. less hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's interesting because even in the spring when the shutdown kind of first happened, and obviously our, our outdoor track season got canceled, um you know, I sent out training plans to my team and said, Hey, like, I know there's no races, but you know, we have a yearly cycle of training in a, in a rhythm. Um, and if you don't do the type of training that you would normally be doing in the spring with an outdoor track season, like that could limit our long-term progression. Um, and so they followed basically a, a, outdoor track training plan when there was no meets going on. A few of them did time trials on their own. Mm -hmm. um, But I knew it's what we needed to do to set us up for this year. um, And we're doing things right now in the fall that we need to do to set us up for next year too. (laughs) Right, right. Um, Yeah. And and I've already seen, you know, people who didn't have that spring that they normally have, um, Mm -hmm. you know, being limited right now. Yeah. Do you, uh, I know they said that was my
0: last question. um, (laughs) um, Do you find that like, your focus on recruiting kids with character Mm. is driven um, by the fact that they're coachable. So, like, they'll listen to you as opposed to, like, maybe getting the kid who's, like, uber-talented and um, isn't as coachable.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know for me, you know, being uh, at the Division I level, collegiate coaching, um I don't view my primary role as a coach being a motivator. You know, I think mm-hmm. if you're a college athlete, you should be pretty self-driven and motivated. Yeah. So, um I look at it as like, you know, you should be coming to me saying, "I want to get better. What do I do?" Mm-hmm. and I'm giving you the tools and the knowledge to to follow that path towards your goals. Right. Um so those are the kind of people like I want on my team and that's mm-hmm. kind of what I want our our team culture to be like. Um so, yeah, you know, I, I look at kids who um, have talent, have potential in, in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I love the kid that runs 430 in the mile and he's running, you know, 30 to 40 miles a week. I'm like, okay, you're going to get a lot better once you uh, <laughs> yeah. start training yeah. at a higher level. Yeah. Um, you know, but also just someone who, you know, says, like, I'm willing to do whatever it takes. Like, I'll give any kid a chance who, who you know, mm-hmm. um, has that kind of of drive Um, because that was me and you know I wasn't you know the the greatest runner but I did pretty well Mm -hmm. Um, and again I've just seen it time and time again kids who are super talented but don't have that drive don't have that motivation and hard hard work beats talent um, you know almost always right (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's a great quote to end on I
0: think yes Um, thanks for coming man yeah yeah thanks for having me appreciate it appreciate it and thanks to everybody who uh, tuned in Um, and remember to keep running because it's good for you